This is Rating Descending. Where we watch IMDb's worth 250 so you don't have to. My name is Abigail Watt. And I'm Michelle St. Clair. And tonight we are watching Fifty Shades Freed. Anastasia and Christian get married, but Jack Hyde continues to threaten their relationship. Let's watch. Fuck, it's a hot day. Mm. I mean, now that we live in Melbourne, I feel like since we moved, because when we moved, it was Feb, really. It was just getting cooler and cooler. This is the first time it's getting hotter and hotter. Yeah, Melbourne summer still confused me, though, because, like, the other night it was, like, fucking freezing. It was, like, 9 degrees, and then today it's 35 degrees, and it might plunge back down to 9 degrees tonight. Who knows? Yeah. It's cold. We've been in, we've been in Melbourne for 10 months. Yeah. 10 months. That's crazy. That's nuts. It's silly. We spent how many months of it in lockdown? The majority of the months. I feel like we spent eight of them in lockdown. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's crazy. I still feel so fresh here. Now things are opening up again. I went to a club on the weekend. Yeah. We all went to a club on the weekend. Yeah. And I didn't even have a panic attack. You didn't. So proud of you. Like, it was so wild to... I hadn't had that experience in nine months. Last time I set foot into a club was probably with you. No. It was in Collingwood, but a different club, and you weren't there. L- last time I did was Birdcage leaving Sly Fox. Yeah, in Feb- in January. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a time. God, I've missed going out. Like, I enjoy cooked nights out that escalate and go forever, and you take too many drugs, and you do too many questionable things. I love those nights. I love the, f- the first bit of those nights where you're still, like, moderately buzzed, and then you go out for a bit, and then you go home. <laughs> I I love that. That's my favorite kind. As we were saying, I love when you're getting ready for a night out and you're getting dressed and you're trying on things and like you you're so hopeful because you're like anything could happen tonight. I could meet anyone, I could do anything, I could end up anywhere. It's so exciting. See, we definitely take something different out of that cuz I like that cuz I'm like I'm hanging out with my friends and we're all excited so we're in a good mood and we're at home so I feel comfortable. Yeah. I love that. That's fantastic. As, as we keep joking, last year's uh, routine was that I we would get ready to go out, would invite over friends, we'd hang out, have drinks, eat stuff, get ready, and then I would go out with our friends and you would go to bed. And it yeah. was the ideal routine for both of us. Really just quite wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was good. You know, when I was out, I um this guy, because I was um with a bunch of people until like early morning this guy said that i was good at storytelling which is like a fucking relief (laughs) yeah because one would hope (laughs) i want to be a storyteller um but when we were sitting on this balcony at like 6 a.m i was recounting one of my my favorite like true crime stories um in australia and he at the end of the night he was like thank you for the stories you're an incredible storyteller you're very like articulate and blah 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 it was really nice i feel like do you have a bag full of stories that you have ready for social events or do you just like is that not how you operate? Because whilst I love being a good storyteller, it's also because I have a lot of stories ready to tell. I know there's some stories. I, I, in particular, tend to go for the ones that are me doing something embarrassing, if not just because those are also the ones that my friends encourage me to tell other people when I meet them. Embarrassing stories are also great. So many people know about me shitting my pants on multiple occasions. So many people know about me pissing straight up a wall. Yeah. Uh, these are great stories. These are wonderful stories. I feel like I've been able to hone in those stories a lot. Mm. I feel like I'm 50-50 on my storytelling. Like I, I, yeah. I feel like if I tell a story, I can tell a good one and like make it engaging, or I get stuttery and rambly and lose the attention of everyone involved really quite quickly, and then I stop talking and nobody really notices. And I'm kind of sad about it, but I'm mostly really thankful because I don't have to awkwardly <laughs> bow out of telling the story. I can't stop thinking about this my lovely friend from uni daniel shout out to daniel um one time mentioned that like i am a good storyteller and i like selling telling stories and social events but i also do it to control the conversation i often do it when i want to deflect from what we're talking about or i'm bored of it and i was like oh and he was like no it's good you're just very good at controlling conversations Mm. and moving the conversation around to your whim which is great but it does mean that you are the queen of deflection and all you want to do is tell a good story rather than actually connect with people. And I was like, shut up. 
I think shut up. I think that's what it is. You're better at storytelling, which is why I, instead of immediately going to stories, like to go into open-ended questions because I like it when we're all discussing a thing, whether mm. that be how to escape a zoo yeah. or just your stance on a particular video game that came out or whatever. Like I love that where we're all just where we're all giving a lot of thoughts on something Mm -hmm. because there's nothing I hate more than small talk. Yeah. It's so fucking frustrating. Same here. That's the thing. We all have our little like coping mechanisms in conversations. Yours is open-ended questions and mine is uh, stories. It's so interesting. Yeah. I feel like you learn a lot about a a person from how they respond to big open-ended questions like that in a good way. I mean, when you asked if you're an animal, like which animal would you be to escape a zoo at first? I was like, what a stupid question. But then I got really into it. It's fun. It's a fun question. Email us at ratingdescending at gmail.com. My choice was meerkat. And I agree with that. Yeah. You you just need a couple of meerkats on your side to make a ladder and you're fucking home free. And again, you need really need to think about the enclosure that you're in. It's like, yeah, you're a butterfly. Mm. You can fly everywhere, but you're literally in a glass casing so you can't fly away. Yeah, exactly. But a meerkat, if you're self-aware enough, you can bust out of that pen. The, you can. The gorillas, they're fucking watching the gorillas. <laughs> That'll be an absolute physical health hazard nightmare if they escape. Yeah. Meerkat, they're like, oh no, the meerkat's escaped. Well, no one's going to get hurt, so it's less... It's not red alert. It's orange, yellow, maybe. Agreed. And also, there's so many meerkats, you won't notice it instantly. Mm-hmm. Gorillas, mm-hmm. you've got like two or three. You'll notice when they're gone. They've got yeah. names. They've got personalities. Little meerkats, there's like 30 of them in one pen. You'll never notice. Yeah, exactly. Never notice. They'll It'll just be, be, oh, they're sleeping. At the end of the night, they'll be like, Candy, Raymond, <laughs> Bo- Bob, Bobby G. Bobby and G. Where's Desmond? And then... I, as Desmond, am fucking running away. And I'm Candy following behind. <laughs> well, I mean, they've already counted you. Uh, candy, the other Candy. Oh, there's two Candies. Candy M. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Candy G and Candy M. <laughs> <laughs> this week, we watched Fifty Shades Breed. Hell yeah. The third installment of the Fifty Shades trilogy. We're back, baby. It's the Did final you listen con- to our last episode, Fifty Shades Darker? Because it's about to get freed. Yeah, this was Fifty Shades Freed, the final fuckening. Which, <laughs> and boy, did they not deliver on the fuckening. It's, no. it's really, it's maybe the least sexy movie I can think of. Yeah, yeah. I think we agreed that was there was one sexy sex scene and it was because they were both enjoying it. Yeah. And it looked like normal people having sex. Because it was casual. Yeah. They were kind of goofing around a little bit. Licking ice cream off each other. You're yeah. like, oh, they're they connected. S- they smiled. Yeah, they it, laughed. It wasn't two seconds of him eating her out and then missionary and then they're done. Oh it was, my God. yeah. Literally the worst sex. Um, yeah, this w- this week we did Fifty Shades Freed, and it was bizarre. Mm-hmm. It was silly. It wasn't sexy. No. It was somehow less sexy than Fifty Shades Darker. I feel like there was more sex in Fifty Shades Darker. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I, I, I think Fifty Shades of Grey had... The, uh, I think it had the most sex time on screen. I think it had the most sex time, and I think Fifty Shades Darker had the most instances of sex. Yeah, whereas Fifty Shades Free was just a, Freed was a, like just a lot of them holidaying, talking, fighting. It was just a bunch of wealthy white people having a trip and not yeah. getting along, and yeah. then and then one guy's really angry. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna go straight into the overview so I can remind you of the bizarre, silly yes. happenings of Fifty Shades Freed. Uh, fucking hell (laughs) overview christian and anna get married their decadent honeymoon is cut short after jack hyde breaks into christian's home christian surprises anna with a new house and has hired an attractive architect gia to rebuild it gia openly flirts with christian and Anna, anna threatens to fire her anna defies christian and goes for a drink with her friend kate returning home she is attacked by jack Anna's new personal security team subdue and arrest him. Christian is annoyed that Anna went out, and Anna demands more freedom. Christian surprises Anna with a trip to Aspen. They bring their friends. Nothing much happens, except some vanilla sex on a kitchen table. Vanilla <laughs> sex, am I right? I, <laughs> ice cream. Yeah. No, vanilla, vanilla ice cream. Uh-huh. Do you get it? Yeah. Do you get it? Yeah. Do you get it? No, I got Did it. Laugh? Um, you want to laugh? I'll just... You want to... Ha-ha! <laughs> right, cut that in. I know. It was, yeah, it was good. Um... Anna realizes she's pregnant. Christian gets pissed and goes on a drunken bender, visiting Elena, his former abuser, for advice. Anna discovers this, and she and Christian have a big fight. Anna goes to work and is called by Jack. He has taken Mia, Christian's sister, hostage, and demands a $5 million ransom. 
Anna negotiates money out of the bank and Christian catches on to the plot. During the drop-off, Hyde kicks Anna in the stomach and Anna shoots Jack in the leg with a gun Christian owns. Christian and his security team track, track down and rescue Anna and Jack is arrested. Anna blacks out. Christian and Anna reconcile in the hospital and they keep the baby. Later down the road, they have a second kid and they're happily ever after. And that's the plot. And it was, I wrote that completely because I had to just piece something together. Well, God, I forgot how aggressively stupid it really was. Yeah. (laughs) It's, I think it has the same fundamental problem as Fifty Shades Darker as it's not a story. A story is someone doing one sequence of events and then at the end they change. Yeah. This was a couple of things happen. Mm. It was just a a bunch of sometimes seemingly unrelated events in which both of them have relationship problems. What I enjoyed about watching this film is that we watched it with our good friend Will. Yes. And he was shocked. Shout out to Will. He was shocked by how boring it all was. Like, he just didn't (laughs) expect it to be so dull. And he was like, is it? Are these films usually so boring? And we were like, yes. Guys, we're often under-exaggerating how boring and awful We don't know why we're doing this. We do it for you, all seven of you. We love you. (laughs) Shout out to the seven. But yeah, and he was also stunned by how boring Anna was in particular. He just, he couldn't fathom. We loved how ridiculous her her dialogue was because there'd be full scenes where she was like, "Mm mm-hmm, uh-huh, thank you. (laughs) Okay. Nice to meet you. And they'd be like, wow, she's amazing. She's so sexy. The less she says, the more people love her, which I honestly think is just a very male view towards women. Yes. The, the less women say, the more attracted men are to them, and it's gross. Mm-hmm. It's, in turn, it makes other white women like her because she's liked by powerful men. Yeah. And we, we value that, even though we shouldn't. <laughs> I've definitely noticed even in my own personal life, if I'm out on a night and I'm too cooked or drunk to say anything, people are more drawn to me because I'm mysterious and enigmatic, but really my brain is just fried. I've never had that happen to me, so I can't speak to the truthfulness of your statement. But, you know, maybe it's maybe I just give off angry vibes. <laughs> Sometimes you do. Okay. And that's, well, that's okay. That's interesting. It's okay to be angry. Okay. I'm angry all the time, and then I just pick up this glass and I fully smash it against the wall. I used what to would be- you do? I'd what be, would you do? I'd be upset. I like that glass. Mm, it's a good glass. Um, it's gone now. I'd be concerned. Is your hand okay? It's bleeding fully. I'd, fully bleeding. I'd also be frustrated because I'm like, you didn't have to do that. And we're kind of in the middle of something right what now. What are we doing now? The Where pod- are we? The podcast. Where am I? What year is it? Abby. Hey. Oh my God. Hey. 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 Aww. <laughs> I'm back. Hey. <laughs> come on. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking focus. <laughs> Okay, is there anyone in this movie that you would sleep with? Because for a fuck movie, my answer is probably no. Great question. I mean, they're all so white and bland. They are very bland. I can't think of anybody. No, honestly, except there was a little surprise appearance, and his name is like something like Tyler Hoechlin. And he was the kid from Road to Perdition. Okay. And he fucking killed in that movie. And he had a minor scene in the movie where he made... Um, he made Christian jealous because he was in the presence of Anna. Wasn't he the security guard or no, something? No, he oh. was just a dude that Anna worked with. He was there oh, for a scene. And yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, it's the kid from Road to Perdition. He's hunky. Okay. I had sex with him, but only because he was barely in the movie. Yeah. So I didn't get to have a chance to understand his character. Yeah. But otherwise, fuck no. Everyone's terrible and boring and white, and it's the worst, it's the least sexy movie I've ever seen. What about you? Um, See, I hate the way that celebrity personality works because... Because I find myself wanting to defend Anastasia Steele because I like Dakota Johnson. you got to leave her out of this. But Anastasia Steele is awful and nothing, yeah. and I wouldn't care for her at all. No. no um, I don't know. Uh, Rita Ora's character seemed fun. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, no, not really. None of them. They're all terrible. My problem is that Rita Ora isn't really my type mm, either. No, not mine. Uh, I was she just also doesn't of... really have a character in it. Who was the other? There were two security guards. There was the guy and then there's the woman. Mm. What did the woman look like? She, was, <laughs> she, looked, remember she looked like a mom of two. Like, yeah. yeah, she was, no. I don't know. No, no, I wouldn't. None of It was not a very sexy movie. No, no, not at all. Unlike what I promised last week, I did not get juicy. You didn't get juicy. No, not even. 
No, which is weird because I saw you pour a whole bottle of apple juice over yourself, but I think you just do that for recreation. Is that right? Yeah, I would describe that more as sticky than juicy, even though it is juice. It's juicy at the time and it turns into sticky. And I get Mm. that. You love that. You love the transition. It's daring, it's thrilling, it's fun. Because I love that feeling when you slap yourself against a wall and you, you, you hear that... Yeah. You're just like sticking to things. Love and that's fine. Sticky. That's valid. I'm not king shaming. This is a yeah. safe place. I love I can I can jump on someone's back like a piggyback, yeah. but then they find it much harder to get me off. Yeah, it's funny that you love stickiness cuz I love just I love feeling like sandpaper. Oh. Which is why sometimes, you know, when it when I'm all alone, when the house is empty, I'll just buy a bunch of sandpaper and glue it to myself for the night and then I'll just rub on things. Oh. Yeah. Is that why the walls look freshly sanded? Yeah, that's why my bed is pretty much just being drilled into over time. That's nice. Yeah. It's funny, though, because Brooke has told me she likes being really slippery. She greases herself up. We should hang out one time. We should collab. (laughs) Yeah, hell yeah. (laughs) Just rub up against each other. Sticky, rough, and slippery. That's it. That's us. Uh, You're sticky, I'm rough, she's slippery. Are we the three dwarves? (laughs) 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 Of sleet black, not snow white. Yeah, this that's is the a, parallel universe. Yeah, whereas everything's going to be opposite. I guess. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so we're actually three giants. Oh yeah, well yeah. we are. We are. We are all very tall people. We are. Uh, there were so many of the instances of, in this film that kind of didn't really go anywhere. Our favorite was the whole scene with the architect, who seemed unnecessarily aggressive, and then Anastasia Steele responded by being unnecessarily aggressive back, and that was the end of that storyline. It was so good. Yeah. It was so great. But then... That, the, that bit was amazing. Like, yeah. I don't know how far we can go into the plot, because, again, it's like what we said last time, and this is exciting, because I think this is the first film where we've gone back to a franchise after it is. some time. Um, like we said in the last one, it is just a series of moments loosely bound together in some kind of heavy quotation marks story. Um, (laughs) and it's not satisfying. It's not complete. It's just like, here's their journey from being married. The film starts with them just getting married, just having a wedding. And I thought that would be the buildup of the, of the whole film. Yeah. They're just married married now. And then it's just things about them being married afterwards. Jack Hyde wants to kill them for whatever the fuck reason and it's super laughable. They have sex, they fight, and then Anna gets pregnant and she's like, I want to keep it. And Christian is a dick about it, but then he accepts it after she almost dies and that's kind of the whole film. He is a dick about it and he in this movie continues my exact criticism of the last two, which is he is a billionaire. Billionaires think they are kings, and he acts like he is a king and that Anastasia is not his queen, but a commoner that he is being generous to. Yeah. And so when she gets pregnant, he assumes that whatever his opinion is will be what she's going to do because he's a bad person who doesn't deserve any of the good things he gets. He is a really bad person. And, like... The whole film, I'll go into this a bit later, but the whole film is trying to prove that, like, now their relationship becomes equal and and she's not just a sub anymore. She is his equal wife. Well, notably, the very last shot is is they're about to have sex again, and and Anastasia is in a, in a is in a subbing position, but then he comments, it "Seems like you're topping from the bottom," and then she smirks, and then it cuts to black, and that's the end. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she's like, well, I'm still subbing, but I'm, like, confident about it now. (laughs) The end. (laughs) It was so silly. So very silly. Yeah. But, yeah, I I think it should have ended with her eating him and declaring revolution in the United States. No, it ends with them doing their kink, which is that he pours apple juice on himself and she puts sandpaper (laughs) all over her body. And that's the end. It's a full circle, whatever the fuck. She started in a hardware store, you know? Yeah. Who knows what she was doing with that sandpaper? (laughs) It's such a weirdly Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> I know what I'm saying. Our, our favorite bit was when she started driving. Uh, was is she, what was it? She got a chance to drive the car and Christian was in it, right? He was in it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then they realize they're getting followed. They're getting and he's followed. Like, lose them. He, yeah. <laughs> They've got to lose the person following them. And she just <laughs> starts driving. L- like a professional driver, like weaving in and out of traffic well, she, underneath she, she a truck. She starts in the country and gets all the way into Seattle. Yeah. So she, now she's just in the middle of the city. And yeah, she's doing the most daring, dangerous shit. Yeah. If you saw someone on the road, you'd be like, hey, honey, call the police. That person is just going to cause an accident. Yeah. Very illegal. But what are they going to do? Find them. He can afford it. Finds are only crimes for the poor. That's... My new little sound tag that I'll... No, that's our new merch shirt coming out this Monday. <laughs> Pre-orders are open now. Email us at ratingdescending at gmail.com and we will not respond. 
I've responded to most Aww, emails. That's nice. Oh, yeah. Shout out to the people who have sent emails. Again, yeah. all seven of you. <laughs> You're all <laughs> well, great. Three. It's Javier, Joe, and Luke. Oh, nice. Three. Yeah, it's just this movie... I don't know. It somehow took the weirdest turn in every decision and still ended up being boring. Yeah. <laughs> it was direly boring. I think our favorite line was in that race car sequence bit. Well, not race car. Our favorite line was in the car sequence bit where she's right driving and then she goes, I'm a race car driver. We lost our <laughs> shit at that line. It was so stupid. And then the best bit is that when they lose him, she's so turned on by the adrenaline rush, she just reaches into Christian's pants, starts tugging him off, and then she gets on top of him and they have 20 seconds worth of sex and she comes on top of him. (laughs) And I was there like, no, no, She did not come that quickly. She didn't. No woman comes that. No woman, no woman comes. Okay? It's all a myth. Have you not yet found the Church of Our Lord, the female orgasm? (laughs) Is that the new name for the G spot? Yeah, yeah. That's well, that, hot. no. I think this spot is more of a J spot because it's for Jesus. Yeah. Oh, that's hot. No, it's just Jesus with a G. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> stand, stand up for Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> He's just a man made of uh, butter, but not butter. What? Weird butter. You know, ghee. Oh. What is ghee again? It's clarified butter. Yeah, that. You boil it to get out all the milk solids. Yeah. That's Jesus. He's clarified Jesus. Well, I guess Keep that. Would that. Be, Keep it, that in. That'd be Indian Jesus, right? That's racist. Well, Isn't it? Geez, Isn't it? it? All right. There's no such thing as an Indian, and there's no such thing as what? a G spot. <laughs> so don't be racist. Okay. Um. So Abby's one of those. We're <laughs> we're getting a replacement host as soon as next week. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> That's very fair. Yeah, I I can't. Ooh, this wine's making me drunk. <laughs> I, think, I guess that's the point. That's the idea. I'd be of disappointed it. if it didn't. Yeah. Yeah. What was well the whole thing with Jack Hyde? Jack Hyde's wild. Jack Jack Hyde is wild. We find out at the end that the whole reason that he's so angry at Christian is because he was from the same foster home, but then Christian got adopted by rich people and Jack didn't. Mm. Which is weird because I feel like that is a, a could be an interesting statement on how generational wealth is important to your current circumstances. They made like the essence of a point about classism and how if he mm. had had Jack's life, he wouldn't be the person he is today. And I was like, that's so funny because you're still kind of both terrible in your own ways. Yeah. You're a sadist that has abused a lot of women and Jack Hyde is also a sadist that abused a lot of women and then also tried to kill you. But they still stigmatize him, but uh, you know, as if like, oh, he's jealous. Well, all poor people are jealous. Yeah. And it's awful. I told you, it's just a film about materialism this is a class that none of us will belong to this is why people watch it he is like hey anna surprise me and all of your eight friends are going to aspen for the weekend because we can and we're going to stay in a luxurious place and take a bath together yeah no one can afford that we watch that film so we can fantasize about doing that as well again billionaires and their friends are kings and nobles we have just replaced the royalty system with billionaires as we said last time we talked about 50 shades eat the rich yeah. Fucking eat them. Yeah. They should be the first to die. Christian fucking Grey. All the French had to do was to be stop believing die. in the divine right of kings. We just need to stop believing that they're worth more of a unit of person than one person. Correct. That's it. I've realized this year how little value I do have, like, around money. Yeah. Like, I don't care about it. When I have money, I spend it. When I don't have money, I don't care. I know that money comes and goes. Yeah. And I'm very grateful to have been born that way because it means I can value other things. But when I meet someone and they clearly care about how much money they have in their pocket, you can feel it. And it's not nice. They're not, they're generally not nice, warm people. They are. If they're above a certain threshold of money. Correct. But I can't relate to people that value money so highly. Yeah. It's, I rem, I think about all the time now that I have more money like a comfortable amount. I think all the time about how much when I had a lot less money, how much I appreciated the little things that people did. Like, oh, I'll pay for this lunch or like here, have this thing. Just like a little thing. And for one thing, that's a great statement of the power of community. And it makes me want to go like, well, I'll pay for this lunch because then we're all happy and it doesn't matter to me. Yeah. What am I going to do? Spend that on more stupid shit for myself? Doesn't matter. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Money comes and goes. 
And I don't care if you have a lot of it or very little of it. That does not matter. Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, if you do have a lot of money, just hit me up. Um, my number is 04602. <laughs> if you'd like to change how much money we have, email us at readingdescending at gmail.com with how much more you want to Support make. me on OnlyFans. I'm ready. <laughs> you don't even post anything. It's just a page. Subscribe for $12. Give me your fucking money. That's my tagline <laughs> in OnlyFans. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a photo of me pointing a gun at you. At you, Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> This bitch is going to die if you don't well, subscribe that that- for $15 a month. So it's really a Save Michelle fund. Yeah. Okay, please Petition subscribe. To save Michelle. <laughs> Crowdfunding. <laughs> I won't blow her brains out if you get to 20k by the end of the month. There's Thanks, a, guys. There's a lot that is illegal about this and I don't agree with, but I don't I can't fight back. So yeah, please. That's it. But again, let me reiterate. I don't care about money, but if I have it, I'd like that. Yeah. You know? I, I I don't turn down getting more. Yeah, I wouldn't snub my nose at a bit of money. Yeah. Well, especially because then you could share it more with the people around you. Like, it's great. Yeah. Um, point being, they do a weird thing with Jack's storyline. Um, and also, the other thing I was going to say, like, they make it go like, oh, he's jealous of Christian because Christian's a billionaire because he had wealthy parents. Jack was also the editor at a publishing company. Like, mm. he wasn't not wealthy, right? Like, yeah. I know that... There's a massive cavern between a 200k a year job and a billionaire, like an, an infinitesimal chasm. But he, like, he's still well off. Like, he's doing fine. I, I don't know. I know he's not now because he got fired. But also, let's just talk about like, once again. We've had to touch on this again. It's all the same points as last time, just a bit different. Mm. Christian is so abusive. So this abusive. goes out to anyone that has watched the film and they don't think that there's an issue with this relationship. There is an issue with this relationship. Yeah. I Look, I'm at a phase in my life where I think relationships are kind of gross a lot of the time, mainly because I watch a lot of straight relationships where one partner is like emotionally abusive, but they don't realize it. Yeah. It's so common. And also I, I hate the idea of being dependent on someone else because of my own personal issues, but whatever, we'll get to that later. We will get to that later. However... A lot of people don't realize just how fucked up a lot of relationships can be in this way. And that, for instance, here's a great example, and this is a very dramatized, enormous example. It's a huge red flag. If people watch this and don't think it's an issue, that's wild. At the beginning of the film, they are it's a whole montage of their decadent honeymoon away together. They're in Europe. They're having fun. Then they are at a resort. They're on a tropical island, and they're by a pool. And Anna, he's like, Anna, like you're you're too exposed. Like everyone's like ogling, ogling you already. Ogling, 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 ogling. Is that like a little baby ogre? A little ogling? <laughs> yeah. Um. Everyone's ogling her, and he's just like, oh, cover up. And so when he leaves, she just takes her bra fully off. Yeah. And well, I love it's a, that. It's it's in France, right? It's a French beach. Yeah. It's really topless though. I went to exactly. Italy, and everyone's. Like, it's not the same stigmatized. She, she defies him, and when he leaves, she takes the top off, and he comes back, and she's passed out, and she's like, her titties are fully out. Yeah. And he's so angry about it. He, like, throws a shot in her, being like, cover up. The idea that your body, your 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 boyfriend thinks he owns your body, and that only he can look at it is so gross. It's, it's really gross. He doesn't own her. He doesn't own her. Even though they're married, she can still do whatever she wants. However, he treats her as if she is property. Yeah. That she has no agency, that he calls the shots about how she acts Mm. it's disgusting and i feel like there's a lot of people in that audience that were just like "Mm -hmm, i wish i had a boyfriend that was so jealous and possesses possesses of me wow i couldn't say that i wish i had a boyfriend that was so jealous and possessive of me no yeah no that's not what it's about that is not love you are mistaking love for someone thinking that they own you it's not the same thing if your partner acts like really either of them you need to have a more open and honest communication style with your partner so that you can talk about how you feel about each other's bodies and sense of self. Correct. Correct. And, like, to be honest, in no world is it okay for Christian to say, hey, I'm uncomfortable when you expose your body because that's weird. Yeah. But I also think that even if he had approached it in a kinder way, it would yeah. be fine. Even if he said, oh, I feel a bit uncomfortable about it because of this and this and this. That's healthier. Yeah. If you acknowledge how you're feeling in a calm, nice way, instead of being aggressive and demanding that your girlfriend do a certain thing for you, gross. Yeah. Big gross. I feel like that conversation could have gone, with him still having that apprehension, going like, 
oh, hey, you know, I don't really feel comfortable with you exposing your body like that because I don't want other people looking at my girl that way. And she could say, well, I'm my own person and I really want to do this to feel comfortable and open in this space where I'm allowed to be. Correct. Unlike at home. And then he can go, well, I'm still uncomfortable about it, but it sounds like it's more about me than it is about you. I'll work on getting the fuck over it. Exactly. Like, he doesn't even have to suddenly be okay with it. He can just realise that it's his own fucking issue. And it's just, it's the perfect example. Christian Grey and Anastasia fucking Steele are the great example of a straight relationship and what we think is the ideal straight relationship gone completely wrong. Mm. It is full of materialism. It is full of white privilege as well. And it is full of two people that are jealous, possessive and insane over one another and calling that love and calling that... Like and them solving their problems through money and not actually communicating and connecting properly. She says, Christian, I'm pregnant. And he said, why the fuck are you pregnant? I'm so angry at you. As yeah. if she was the only person that caused the issue. As if she was the only contributing factor to the baby that was now growing in her it body. Was, it made me so angry. It was his little jizzy boys that made it happen. Yeah, <laughs> get your jizzy boys out of her womb, motherfucker. You don't want to get her pregnant. You can do something about that, man. What's also weird about it is that she didn't want to be pregnant either. And we were all like, you can go in abortion. (laughs) This is a readily solved problem. You can do that. You should do that. But she was like, oh, my God, I don't want to have to do it. But it's happened and it's here and I'm going to love this baby. And you're like, what? But either way, the fact that he just then also blamed her for the baby that he put inside of her was gross and weird and disgusting. Yeah. And also at the end, like, there was that bit where... um. Oh, my God. I had another abusive thing that I wanted to point out. So many of them. So many of them. I feel like this, we haven't been as funny about this movie because we're angry about it. Yeah. I mean, we should be angry at this movie. This movie is fucking stupid. I oh, hate it. Yeah. Again, if you have watched this film and you don't think that it's an issue and you think it's romantic, there's something wrong with your notion of romance. <laughs> yeah. There's something wrong with it. A relationship should be two complete, whole, happy individuals that come together, respect each other, communicate openly, and are happy together. That's it. Yeah. You don't own each other. And there's, there's like... There's different styles of of being, right? Like in the West, we tend to value individualism more than collectivism. And you can prioritize being, a, a, say, a family unit more than, uh, more than just being your own person. And that's fine. But that's different than just being in a one-to-one relationship, right? Like when you're interacting with two people, you still need to have a sense of self. It's just you might value where yourself fits in the whole. Yeah. And that's very different than what we're talking about in terms of abusive relationships. 100%. I'll be honest. The reason I am so afraid of relationships is that I lose myself in relationships. I Mm. like being my own individual person. And relationships require compromise and patience and commitment. Yeah. Sometimes those are things that I'm not necessarily ready for. Yeah. And that's fine. We should also, this is a separate conversation, but we as a society should stop seeing relationships as successful. Like you're not successful because you're in a relationship. I was thinking about how my friend joked the other day that I don't have any luck in dating online, but what they meant is that I'm not in a relationship Mm. and that's not luck to me. Yeah. I'm not unlucky because I'm still single. I have chosen to still be single. Yeah. You, I'm still single for a reason. Uh, having been your housemate through the whole time, you've been pretty lucky <laughs> online dating. I have. And I have chosen to remain single because yeah. it makes me happier. That's great. Yeah. And again, I, this is just a completely different relation, like, di- different conversation. But as a society, just because you can find someone that tolerates you doesn't mean that you're more successful as a person. Now, that's something that I had to learn, which is why I really like the relationship I'm in now. Yeah. Is that I'm like, oh, they don't have to just be okay with me continuing to exist and tolerate me. They need, they should actually like me. Yes. That's crazy. That's wild. Hmm. Holy shit. Also, I think that you as a person, you're happier in a relationship. You flourish more. You find comfort and solace in it. And that's totally fine. Mm. Relationships still work. But a lot of us get into relationships for entirely the wrong reason. Yeah. Like Anastasia and Christian. Yeah. (laughs) Just going back. Well, Anastasia didn't want to be... It feels like she's the most reluctant participant. Oh, the whole time. In this whole thing. And not in a Campbellian, like refusing the call sort of way like in a real doesn't want to be in a relationship with christian gray yeah and i don't know why they're married it's actually just dakota johnson crying out for help in every take it's not an anastasia thing it's a dakota thing (laughs) okay (laughs) i guess i'll do it again 
Also, let's talk about the sex. Okay. Wait, hang on. Let's talk about sex, baby. baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things and, and the bad things that may be. Let's talk about sex. sex. Sing a lot on this podcast, more than other podcasts I listen to. No, we don't. You're completely exaggerating. I've never sung a single song in my whole life. No, we don't. I don't know what you were talking about. We're just doing this bit again (laughs) where I'm trying to communicate to you and you sing over me. So you're Christian Grey. I'm Anastasia. (laughs) (laughs) Um. There wasn't that much sex. Again, most of the sex they had was just very boring, normal, vanilla sex. They had very, sex in a car. Very unhorny on a table. as a movie. Like, okay, let's go over what, what like, sex toys did they use? Apart from handcuffs in one scene, did they use sex toys at all? I don't, I don't think they used any sex. They, at, at the very least, they tried to introduce some in the last movie. Yeah. In a very unsexy way, but they introduced it, some. Again, it was still missionary and eating her out. Yeah, but... This, I don't think, had any... Well, she has a blindfold at the end. Yeah, he puts if a that, blindfold on if her. If that counts. And then he... No, he, yeah, she has a blindfold and he puts her up against a wall and then he is emotionally abusive and she says the safe word. Oh, yeah. Remember that? She comes back and he's angry at her because she went out with friend? No. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because she got... She went out with friend, got home, got attacked by Jack Hyde and he was angry at her for defying him. Again, so abusive. Yeah. Your your partner has just been held hostage yeah. by an attacker and you're still angry at her for going out to have a drink with her friend. So abusive. If the movie did anything right, it was that Anastasia was mad at him doing that because she should be because yeah. that's the the wrong place to work out your issues with your partner. Definitely. He puts a blindfold on her, straps her to like a wall, and then he starts like putting a vibrator on on, on her clit and then he's just like teasing her and he's basically telling her off. And says, see how I'm being withholding? You're being withholding. See what it feels like when I defy you? And she's like, safe word, safe word. That's really fucked up. Yeah. Which was super fair. So the the one time that they were actually kinky, he was emotionally abusive and she had to stop. Hot. That's so hot. Uh, my, I think my biggest complaint about this movie is he didn't say my favorite line that occurred almost word for word in both the first and second one, which is him, which is at some point she refers to him as a dominant and he says, technically, I'm not a dominant. I'm, I'm a sadist. sadist. Which with the, there's just <laughs> really a lot to unpack. And I was looking forward to him weirdly and awkwardly explaining the technicalities of, <laughs> of language. So stupid. Yeah, or there was that one time that they had sex and he handcuffed her her hands to her ankles, like, both separately. Mm. And then he just kind of, like, kisses her and she's writhing. She mm. is ready. And then they fucking missionary. And they both do a big cum. And that's the end of that kinky sex again. Yeah. So bad. I don't think they, yeah, I don't think they use any sex toys in this apart from that and a little bit of ice cream. Also, part of me doesn't quite understand why people do gel sexiness into movies like i go to movies to be entertained not turned on we have literally a complete category of of film that will make us turned on easily accessible via the internet why keep why gel the things why not just keep them separate well that's why i'm bigger fans of of different things because sometimes you want to show characters having sex because you want to show how they're connecting yes you can have that romantic like an out of sight it's not you what i'm that... meaning like no, you no, can no, have know, sex yeah. in films that's fine but it might still be horny it's just coming from a place of intimacy and i think that can be valid and i think that's often misused but also like when you think about 50 shades freed right that's a really famous franchise which is known for show having a lot of kinky sex heavy quotation marks once more because it's not um and people go watch it because they're like oh i want to be turned on and watch a movie but also the story element of it sucks because you can't really have a good raunchy film it takes up too much time i think it's partly it interrupts the story i think it's partly because we pathologize porn as uh a bad for women and uh a- acceptable for men but only if they don't pay for it and it's abusive and Mm. then we make it seem like it's weird if we pay sex workers for porn or intimacy that's where the raunchy film lies it's literally content for women because women can't watch porn yeah that's crazy they'll only watch a sexy film there are a lot of avenues where it's possible it's just we pathologize them because sex is seen as bad yeah 
And if we just communicated more about it as socially, then we'd probably have less movies that are horny and and different avenues that are just as horny. Yeah. Instead of watching Fifty Shades, just like how about you support a local sex worker, go online, go to OnlyFans, pay for some good content, have a great time. Hell yeah. Do that. No. Don't watch these fucking films because you are contributing to a really toxic franchise and you're contributing to the sexism of the entire the entire process around it of women don't like sex, so we'll make an intimate, sexy film about two people slowly falling in love via sex. Yeah. But it's a bit kinky. It's Fuck so weird. Fuck you, everywhere. And you're right in that, like, <laughs> fucking for fucking's sake on film is not always great. As a big fan of Game of Thrones throughout all eight seasons, the sex scenes were probably the worst part of the whole show oh my God. pretty consistently. We completely, like, we we were like, just cut out the sex scene. This show doesn't yeah. need sex scenes. They would try and make it a plot point by, like, them having a conversation while fucking. What was Like, the there's Theon fucking that prostitute. Sex position. That was the term. It's sex position, yeah. Because yeah. they'll be having sex. He was, like, doing a doggy in a boat and he's talking about how he's going to be king of the Pike Islands. And you're yeah. like, Fuck off. (laughs) Don't show me this woman's titties and then try and explain a plot element around it. Fuck you, all the male writers on this show. Yeah. You're disgusting. You just cut it out. Just we, cut it out. Just we have- did one time. We were re-watching season five and we just skipped every sex scene. And Guess it made what? no difference. Just, just as good. No, yeah. Arguably better because yeah. I didn't occasionally have scenes that I was just like, oh, I'm going to mentally check out. Yeah, or like scenes where I'm like, I feel uncomfortable as a woman. Yeah. I feel attacked as a woman. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you, Game of Thrones. But yeah. also, you know, you aren't that bad. You're good. You're a good show. Yeah. Good show. I liked the show. I just don't like how attacking women is used as... Uh, a plot device to generate interest. I will never it's not forgive interesting, that show. It's upsetting. Exactly. And I will never forgive that show for having the rape scene with Sansa. Yeah. Disgusting. Unnecessary, triggering, gross. Yeah. Stop raping women for plot. Yeah. Stop it. You it's, specifically, it's- Michelle. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. I'm sorry. No. You wrote like all seasons of Game of Thrones, right? Yeah, like, I did. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, no, no, no. They brought me on as the consultant <laughs> for sexual the, aggression. The consultant of them I, being like, is this I, I great? Really, and you're like, it's fantastic. I didn't want to bring in. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. Let's exploit women's trauma to make a really male point of view plot around it. <laughs> oh, my God. Sansa's getting raped. Isn't it so upsetting for Theon <laughs> watching? Oh. Anyway, this wine has made me very feminist and very aggressive, and I like <laughs> Your it. natural state. Shut up. Um, what's the trivia? Oh, baby, do you want some trivia? I would love some trivia. Oh, I got some trivia for you. You ready? Well, I've got, I haven't actually, I've got four, four bits of trivia. Okay, four's still good. It's a very boring franchise. <laughs> <laughs> Inside Surprise, and out. Surprise, yeah. The cover for Fifty Shades Freed, this is actually what I was going to touch on earlier. The cover for Fifty Shades Freed is the exact opposite of Fifty Shades of Grey. For the first movie cover, Anastasia is the one with her arms up while Christian is the one about to kiss her. For this movie cover, Christian is the one with his arms up while Anastasia is about to kiss him. And that's meant to refer to the fact that now he is an emotional submissive in their relationship. Mm. Now she is taking control. Which is funny because really she is still getting emotionally abused by a man. Yeah. This movie thinks it's doing a lot of things it really isn't. 100%. percent <laughs> like, isn't it great? Like, she's she's powerful now, but also he can totally tell her to not have dinner with her friend and that's okay. So weird. So weird. This movie is the shortest of the series. The runtime is 105 minutes. The second movie is 118 minutes. And the first is 130 minutes. Wow. Can you believe, like, I, it's so funny because I found this film insufferably, insufferably long. Yeah. It went on for ages. We were all bored, but it was the shortest out of all three of them. It I did, couldn't wrap my head around that. It did feel short in the sense that it didn't really feel like much occurred and then it was just over. Was that just because you were disassociating the whole time? Hey, whoa now, slow it down there. <laughs> in the scene after Anastasia finds out she's pregnant, it's mentioned that Anna is six to eight weeks pregnant. Based on the internal timeline of the movies, this means she probably got pregnant in the first movie. As such, she wouldn't have been on birth control. That doesn't matter. But the whole thing, the whole franchise spanned eight weeks. What? Eight weeks. What? They got married so quickly. Everything happens within a space of two months. Them getting engaged in eight weeks is weird 
they then they got engaged and then married and then honeymooned and, and then, then bought a home. Yeah. What? It also felt like that because I felt like every single day they were always running to something new and something cool and something extra. That means that like a lot of people say that in a relationship, the honeymoon period lasts between the first month and the fourth month. <laughs> After the fourth month, it's done. You're settling into the relationship. You might still be in love, but it's not as exciting anymore. You're not so completely obsessed with the person. They are halfway through their honeymoon phase and they are already pregnant, have a home, have honeymooned, have gotten married. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. boy. Which means, really, if we didn't see that last couple of scenes, we they could have broken up in two months and we wouldn't be surprised. You know what? Anastasia Steele is going to be Mackenzie Bezos and fucking divorce him yes. and then just redistribute half his wealth. Yes. <laughs> there was talk that Jamie Dornan wouldn't reprise his role as Christian Grey, but those rumours were put to rest in 2015 when his agent stated he was devoted to the sequels. Now, I know that's not true mm. because Jamie Dornan very loudly declared he didn't want to come back after the first one. Yeah. But then after he did, his agent was like, he loves it. It's great. We love the <laughs> franchise. So whoever tried to do that cover-up, great work. But I forgot who the uh, distributor was, but whoever they were definitely got angry about Jamie Dornan saying that and his agent did damage control without yeah. Jamie. <laughs> Whilst Christian Grey is abusive, Jamie Dornan was trapped in an abusive contract with this whole franchise. <laughs> Do you want to hear some reviews? Yeah, I would love to hear the reviews. So Fifty Shades Freed grossed a worldwide total of 300... Shit, I already ruined it. I wanted you to guess. $371 million. Whoa. This was against a production budget of $55 million. I, I guess that makes sense. I mean, I feel like, like the first couple Twilight movies, they were all made for less money than we thought. And then, like, because $370 million is a lot of money. A lot of money. Especially, it is a lot of money for a $50 million movie. It's the kind of budget and return that Hollywood has been missing for a long time, and that's why they keep totally fucking up. But it's also not as much money as you'd kind of expect for Fifty Shades of Grey, the cultural icon. When you think about it, it is just over seven times of its... Like, it, it profited yeah. seven times of its budget, which is actually not that much in comparison. Like, I remember, I can't remember what movie it was, but a couple of weeks ago, we both realized that some bad movie we had watched had grossed 14 times its budget. Yes. Because it'd probably been made on, like, $5 million. Well, there's even, so, there's even, like, a Batman movie is, like, $100 million, and then it makes a billion dollars, and yeah. that's 10 times yeah. as much. Like, Definitely. Um. On review aggregation website, Rotten Tomatoes, the film has an approval rating of 12% and an average rating of 3 point... No, but just ignore that. <laughs> has a rating of 12% based on 181 reviews. The website's critical consensus re reads, Fifty Shades Freed brings its titillating trilogy to a clumsy conclusion, making for a film franchise that adds up to a distinctly dissatisfying menage a trois. Yeah. Rolling Stone's Peter Travers gave the film zero out of four, stating, <laughs> with this, zero out of four, yeah. with this, was stating, with this last entry, we have officially hit the bottom of the barrel. Whips, <laughs> chains, butt plugs, and nipple clips are nothing compared to the sheer torture of watching this movie. <laughs> Robbie Collin of The Telegraph gave this film one out of five stars and wrote, this is a film in which one of the more emotionally detailed performances is given by a product placement Audi. <laughs> Even the like okay, so this is a this is a review from Tara Brady, Irish Times. Even the likable stars, Jamie Sidegroin and Dakota Front Boob, can do nothing with material <laughs> that has grown more tedious with each installment. It, it, it's tedious. That's the main thing I would describe Jamie it as. Jamie Sidegroin and Dakota Front Boob. <laughs> So good. Also, I read that even Jamie Dornan was like, I feel uncomfortable that Dakota showed her tits all the time. I showed my tits, but it's not the same. Like, mm. I love that he said that. He love was like, it. what have I got to show there? It's just nipples on a man. Um, this is a review left on IMDb. 10 out of 10 review. Left by young Erica 6522. Finally is the uh, subject line of this review. I am just glad there is a Mrs. Grey and they have a family. Actually, much better than the first 52 shades. Wow. <laughs> Actually, much better than the first two 50 shades. But this was by far my favorite breed. Message, colon, how to love a difficult man in these 50 shades movies. Love finally conquered all. Yes, I actually watched this movie over and over. We all have dark secrets which can destroy us. 
wounds that take time to heal, someone to finally accept you as you are. True dot love dot. I admit the movie wasn't perfect. Ten out of ten. <laughs> when the final when the final line of a review is almost perfect, it can't be ten out of ten. You've just admitted it's not ten out of ten. What a paradox of a review. Oh, holy shit. You know when you got a lot of dark secrets, so you love Fifty Shades. Free? You know when you feel true. Dot love. Dot. <laughs> Me too. It was such a silly film. Super gross. Super abusive. Yeah. This franchise is dumb, and we're gonna have to return to it in like a year yeah. to do Fifty <laughs> the Shades, one. the first one, which is the worst. Also, can I just mention? I can't believe I didn't mention this before. Just some general info about this film, guys, which I should do at the beginning. It was made in 2018. Had 4.6 on IMDb. The director was James Foley, who hmm. did Glen Gary, Glen Ross. What? Glen Gary, Glen Ross. The same what? man directed this film. I, I, At this point, he's just doing it for the paycheck because he hasn't really directed that much recently, apart from Fifty Shades Freed and Fifty Shades Darker. Yeah. And obviously Sam Taylor Johnson did the first one, yeah. which we will get to because well, yeah. she's a whole fucking problematic woman, I, I feel. <laughs> Um, who preyed on a 19-year-old boy. Anyway, um, not a fan. Um, but yeah, this guy is Glenn Gary Glenn Ross. <laughs> like, he is the director of that incredible, nuanced film. And yeah. he did this. Yeah, that's so weird. I, I guess you could argue it's not directed badly. There's just nothing to direct. Like, it's not anything. It it's looks a nothing nice. movie. It lo- always looks nice. Yeah. Well, what's your rating then? My rating, oh, it was so boring. It was so stupid, <laughs> but so boring. Look, I, I would watch it again just because it's dumb. I wouldn't. I, if I was drunk, I'd watch it again. I would give this a uh, 3.8 out No, 3.5 out of 10. Just a bit Really? Lower. Yeah. I'm going to give it a 2.3. Ooh. Just... You didn't like, I'm a race car driver, enough. Well, for me, two is my bottom threshold for it. it is like a movie. You know, because there's a lot of, I feel like there's a lot of room between zero and two for things like The Room that really aren't anything. Yeah. It is still a movie. It's just not a story. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to give it 0. 0.3 higher than the other things I've given two because there was moments that I laughed at ironically, but still laughed at as opposed to getting no enjoyment. But I would not watch this again. I really didn't like the experience of watching it. Very fair. Well, Michelle, that was the third installment of Fifty Shades, the franchise. Yeah. What are we doing next week? Next week, we are watching Snatched. Ooh, Amy Schumer. Amy Schumer and Goldie Hawn. Ooh, boy. I don't know (laughs) about that one. Critically acclaimed. I'm not excited. Amy Schumer and Goldie Hawn. 